Greetings, soul family, and welcome to the Cool Ass Conversations podcast. I'm Big G, one third of the podcast team. We also have Oshawa Nicole and Johnny Holmes II, aka Apostle. We thank you for tuning in as we embark on another cool ass journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. And we are back once again for another episode. Cool ass conversation. Yes, sir. This time our topic is releasing attachments. Let yes. go. Yes. Let it flow. Let it go. Letting let go. go and letting it flow. Mm-hmm. Please, please come on with that one. <laughs> please come on. Seem like I was. Like I woke up needing this conversation. <laughs> right? Now, in a previous conversation, we discussed the magic of detachment. But that's mm-hmm. the, if that's the state you want to go for. That's, the, that's where you want to land. But, right. you know, most of us struggle with the attachments that we have and how mm-hmm. to release them. I mean, that's a popular question, right? How do, I, mm-hmm. how do I not focus on this thing that I don't want? Right. How do I release this attachment? You know, it, it it impacted my life for so long, or they impacted my life for so long. I can't, I can't just send them out. We we have this idea sometimes, this belief that just because you were in it for twenty years doesn't mean that you have to be in it for the next twenty years. You got to spend twenty years to let it go, right? <laughs> you know, or right. because. That was the story you've been telling yourself since childhood. Um, you know, like my parent was an alcoholic or, you know, we never had this or I couldn't do this as a kid or this is what, you know, I always heard. Well, is anyone like insisting that you keep that belief right now? Because the only person really beholding you to it is you and the story you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. So attachment is about really taking a look at yourself and understanding what is it about maintaining this thing, maintaining this story that serves me? Because when we ask ourselves that kind of a question, what is, what am I getting by needing to be attached to this thing? What do Mm -hmm. I feel like it, it, does it get you affection? Does it get you attention? Does it get you love? Does it get you, people being concerned about you does it get you money like what is it that you Mm -hmm. feel because the only reason you would maintain an attachment is if you felt that it benefited you in some way on some level that can be jarring for some people because they don't want to look (laughs) go ahead i was just gonna ask could it be habitual Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, that's the only way I've ever to... told it, so I just keep telling it that way. Yeah, you just get used to telling the same story, so absolutely. We it's just... we're very comfortable with our pain because <laughs> then we know what to do with that, you know. And we've talked right, about that right. before. Sure. You know, and it can be uncomfortable to make that shift, or you've you've so closely tied that story <clears throat> or that attachment to your identity. That you have no idea who you will be if you no longer have that particular attachment, that <clears throat> component of your story to tell. Right. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. <laughs> I've, I've I've gone through a bit of that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you just get used to being 
a certain person mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, well, I'm this person, you know, with this story to tell. And if that paradigm changes or shifts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, well, damn, what, what, am, right. what, what am I now? You what know now? What, I mean? right. what do I say right. now? You know, I'm so used to saying, hi, I'm, you know, me with who is this? And mm-hmm. now I'm not that anymore. Like, well, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's interesting when we do things like that, tying it to our identity, because you think about all of the different things that we are during a lifetime for some, at, mm-hmm. for some period of time, you're a child. Then for mm-hmm. some period of time, you're a teenager. Then for some period of time, you're a young adult. Then mm-hmm. you might be a student. You might. And once you're no longer a student, then you're, um, you know, whatever you are, you are, you might be in a career Then you know, are you a, some people change careers. I know people that I went to school with years ago that became engineers and at some point, but that's what they were going to school for. And at some point they decided that that's not what they really wanted to do. And then they had to go and choose a completely different career that they loved. And so you're no longer an engineer. Now you're a contractor, you know, or whatever, um, you know, or you're a, a teacher or whatever the case is, but we, we identify in those ways, but we find it easy to release attachment to whatever state or identity we had before moving on to the next step. When we feel it's progressive, it's normal, it's socially acceptable. When we feel like it doesn't threaten anyone in our family or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we're doing this type of releasing of attachment all the time with things. So it's, it's kind of fascinating that the stuff that really harms us often or holds us back are the things that we most fiercely insist on remaining attached to. You know, it's, it's poignant, actually, because if you if you look at it, this pandemic Ooh. has forced <laughs> yes has forced a lot of people to release previously held attachments yes. in terms of um, the the people who are out of work now. Some some industries shut mm-hmm. down. Yep, things that people have been doing for years. It's like doing that as a profession is no longer viable. If or at least at very least doing it in that way, right? Um, right, and a lot, even the things that we took for granted at one point, you know, the way we interact with one another, the the comfortability level, the ability to congregate, um, the ability to go certain places, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, do you know, do certain activities. We were so attached to being able to do those things in those exact ways that once the pandemic hit it, all of that was shut down. That sent a lot of people into like panic mode. They were were going off and, oh, I need to be able to do X, Y, and Z because I, you know, this is not right. And, you know, it's like, calm your ass down it's like how about you know this is a safety right you know uh risk for everybody's bigger mm-hmm. than just you you mm-hmm. know what i mean and and the the course of life as we we know it mm-hmm. has changed and we've had to adjust simply for 
for you know the safety of everybody and the, the, the ability to continue on you know so <clears throat> sometimes the choice to release an attachment yes. is not necessarily in your hands and it's forced you know what I mean so that's that's one of the methods you know what yeah. I mean but you know <laughs> I, I think it's it's still even at that it's how you how you deal with it yeah it's all about your response absolutely because even though it's um it's a mandate type of thing where everyone has to comply to some extent you still have a choice in how you receive that you know Mm -hmm. i don't receive it as force it's like okay this is new but it's going to serve us in certain ways and let's see what how what let's see what we can make of it that's where your imagination Mm -hmm is important. Your your imagination is always important because you're always creating your life. You're always creating your reality. And so the more you can be imaginative about the possibilities, because you always have a realm of possibility available to you. Um, But when you are living with a lot of attachment in your belief system, we have to do this. Things can only be this way or that way. Um, Mm -hmm. You limit your realm of possibility absolutely that's you know that that reminds me of something john always says uh response to trauma mm-hmm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i i think we we become attached to trauma mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. from our from our, our childhood yep. from relationships from uh everyday life you know mm-hmm. different their living circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, just our, our everyday walk, you know, the the things that that come with it, you can become attached to or form it, you know what I mean, form attachments to, and it's, it's sometimes it's subtle. Yep. You know. Yeah. Coffee. Let's talk about how much of an attachment people <laughs> form with coffee. Well, I, I really wanted to interject another point before you okay, started ahead, talking ahead, about no, 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 my morning. Before you started talking about my morning, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's a little close to home. As I just sip, sip from my cup. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. Get, get, can you get Back off my up for just though? a moment? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. T, right. T, T is an attachment too. I'm attached to you. I, love so I get it. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Go ahead. It's a powerful point, though, man. I think it just speaks to the relationships that we have, to things, to people. As I was listening to you guys, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the relationships that we have to, you know, our loved ones, people who um, are closest to us, our parents, beginning with our parents, our siblings, mm-hmm. uh, stretching out throughout the family. And then as we socialize in schools and in the neighborhoods that we come from, uh, we find ourselves you know, having and developing attachments throughout our life, mm-hmm. right? And and when I think about um, when I think about why we are so attached, or the reasons for the attachment, and then when Cuz started to talk about trauma and how it almost seems fashionable today to to want, want to your trauma. broadcast, <laughs> yeah, 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 the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I've been traumatized, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. Me Too movement, not to diminish the movement, but it seems like people are coming out the woodworks just to say, I've also been a victim. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I've also been wounded. I've also been marred and scarred by this, that, or the third, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about our association, um, I just shared this week in a presentation, uh, a quote that, I, that I've heard before, and, and, I, and, and I'm going to just say it. I, I, I have the courage to say it and trust that Nicole will correct it if, if she hears something <laughs> in it. Oh, oh, that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> that's a guarantee. <laughs> a guarantee. <laughs> oh, oh, you are the corrector in chief. I don't care what you say. She ain't the correct. Oh, you are the correct. Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, but but I heard in my development that association breeds assimilation. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. See what I mean? I knew you were gonna feel some kind of way about it. But let me first yeah. before you before you kill it. Let me tell you why I love. I like. Mm-hmm. It. I love it actually because I do believe that you have to really guard your relationship. Oh, yeah. You have to be mindful of who you are associating with. Mm-hmm. If, if we talk energy a lot, yes. we talk about the frequencies and all of that. So now if I'm associating with individuals and I'm and I'm still focused on attachment. Right, here, right. If my attachment mm-hmm. is to my association, group of individuals yes. that, you know, mm-hmm. are say very pessimistic, see the yep. world from a different premise that I, I don't create my world. This and that is created for me. I have no choice. I've my conditioning has been conditioned, brother. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, so right. when 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 you know when when you have res, when your resolve is that you have no power, right, right, right that someone else has Absolutely. it, then you really need to guard against those types of associations because you will find yourself becoming like that. Mm-hmm. You will find yourself being on that frequency and, and articulating the same type of sentiments without thought Mm -hmm. because I truly believe so much of this stuff gets past our conscious mind, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a, it, it it definitely goes through our brain, but there is a subconscious and there is a conscious mind. And Mm -hmm. what I find we, our, our habits, our behaviors are tied and attached to mostly are the sub is the subconscious mind. And so, and that's that mind that, that governs involuntary actions okay we're not thinking about everything we do before we do it we're just so, doing we're just doing that's that yeah idea. Please, I, I was just gonna say let's um let's play a little game and do a word swap yep. let's do it because what you're <laughs> ascribing to subconscious mind could be also said of belief when we're doing things that we're not even aware that we're doing, taking actions that we're not aware that we're doing, those are based in the actual beliefs that we hold, which is why people's actions and their words often mismatch. So you can say all the positive stuff in the world, but if the action you take is often based in self-defeating behavior of some sort, that indicates what your underlying belief really is. Now, you may be trying to convince yourself of a new belief Mm. and good luck with that because it's really about taking conscious action, conscious, making conscious choices to reprogram your belief system. When you're actually acting on the new belief that you're choosing to adopt, then it becomes a, a subconscious script that you can then launch from all the time. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's 
Make say that last line again. I'm just when you're to, I'm, I have to I have to move slow when I'm processing. Yes, yeah, okay. Stuff. When you're choosing to adopt a new belief system or a new belief about okay. a thing, so let's say right. money is a good one because everybody can right. wants to talk about <laughs> having more, right? So sure, sure. when you have a belief that says um, I only live in a certain way or I only operate on a certain level or you have a group that you're running with and they can only function in a certain way maybe they have enough to do to entertain to some extent their entertainment choices are within a certain realm you know they only take certain types of vacations they only go on certain types of uh around the town uh excursions you know you only shop at certain places that's that's an indic- that's an indicator of the belief system you have about your ability to um, attract abundance or to have okay. money, right? But then when you're sure. trying to break out of that, if you're someone, you're saying, mm, why do we accept just this? And why do we just manage this? I want to live above this means. I, I'll never forget in this <laughs> when um, I was in my mid-20s and I had gotten a job um, – and I remember we used to go to Applebee's every Friday after work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at that time, it was a big deal for me to pay th- to drop $30 on a meal, right? Like, we okay. felt like we had done something. We were having sure. a drink after work and a, and a dinner at Applebee's. And Applebee's was everywhere at that point. I don't even know where Applebee's is right now. But right. it ain't everywhere no more. <laughs> right? I mean, but it was like, right. I just like been against you, but... They weren't as plentiful. Sound like the Benigan exactly, days, but. exactly. <laughs> yep, but yep, that was yep. a thing. And now it's mm-hmm. like when I sometimes I'll go and and you know out to eat or whatever, and it's like I don't even think about how much it's going to cost. I just want to go where I want to go, and I want to have what I want to have. And sure. it's not like I have to budget that necessarily. Now I might budget it right. sometimes, but you know what I'm saying? But it's a completely different frame of mind that I'm in about it, where this this um this strata that I once operated in was uh-huh. a big deal at that time. But that's over 20 years ago. <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm in a completely right. different place now and I have a different income bracket now. And it, you know, so it's really interesting mm-hmm. how you know, we will, but, but in order to have shifted, I had to start to allow in more and create habits that were in alignment with a new consciousness about money and my relationship to it and how Mm -hmm. it impacts my ability to move in the world. Um, And so what I'm saying is when we want to do that consciously, and I do, it was a deliberate uh-huh. progress, progression on my part, but I, was, I wasn't uh-huh. doing it all at once. I was like, okay, I want a better job, then I want a better this, and right. I want to live in a better neighborhood, you know, things like that. Sure. So, sure. Um, but when we're in the process of you're the person who can, who thinks, you know, $30 on a meal is a big deal, consciousness, right. in order mm-hmm. to let something else in, I had to begin to push my own limits of belief. So I had to start to act in ways that people who operated in a different realm behaved to create a new habit. And that becomes a new underlying belief from which I'm acting on subconsciously. Okay. Okay. So I think you gave a great illustration of what happens or how you can shift 
um, from uh, an old paradigm mm-hmm. for for many of us um, can you know how they can can actually intentionally go about mm-hmm. that. When I'm talking about, I guess a little bit deeper though, it seems like this on the subconscious level, for me, um, as it pertains to attachment and as it pertains to um, the thoughts that we think. Um, when Cuz talked about addiction. Um, and then he kind of, I, I don't know if you use the word habit, G, but I, th- I know you mentioned addiction. I think about those, I mean, unfortunately, one of our uh, <laughs> hip hop greats right now, mm-hmm. what I last heard mm-hmm. is in a coma yeah. right now because, yeah. of a, because of an overdose from what I'm told. Right. And uh, man, pr- prayers out for that brother. Uh, hope Absolutely. he completely rebounds. Um, such a tremendous gift. But um, it makes me think, it made me think when I heard about it, about how difficult it is for some people to break out of addictive habit or, mm-hmm. or uh, addiction or co- to come out from up under an addiction. I think mm-hmm. some people make it seem as though it's as easy as. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. it can be as easy as you just made it sound when you have the, the the right mindset, not that it's even easy for you with the right mindset, but if you don't even have the mind to to the intentional the will. Uh, thoughts, mm-hmm. to the will to even shift it, you know, I think mm-hmm. about those who never get to the place where they, I mean, to those who feel powerless. Mm-hmm. I talk to so many who who express out of their own mouths that they don't believe they have the c- capabilities or the potential to do what it is we're talking wow. about. And, 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 and that alone makes me pause to try to, okay, let me understand deeper why you don't even believe you have mm. what I got. And what could Yeah. Got. And in those cases, like I would help someone who's coming from a place like that. Cause we were just having a conversation, G and I, with someone a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. in a similar frame of mind. Right. Like mm-hmm. this isn't like I, that. Sounds like um, what is she, what did I say? That sounds like positive thinking. It just sounds like uh, oh, I think you said wishful, wishful thinking. thinking. Yes, I was like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. okay. So yep. you just have to break it down to help them see how they're already applying. So so how they're already applying this power in their lives today. So here's the deal: mm-hmm. you're this magnificent, powerful creator. And you were using all that power. And we talked about this just last week with our words where we, we wield power every minute of the day. And when you can see how you are using that very power to keep in place what it is you're currently experiencing. Um, And a good example is, and everybody can probably relate to this in some way. Every single one of us, has something we have a possession something in our care that we focus Mm -hmm. upon it could be your favorite pair of shoes it could be a t-shirt that you love it could be your best pair of jeans it can be your car it can be a piece of furniture it can be your whatever your electronic it could be whatever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
It could be your coffee. It's, well, no, because you're consuming that. You're I'm, integrating I'm joking, that. But I'm this joking. is something that you would interact with. No, no. And I'm just yeah. saying, I, I, what I'm getting at <laughs> is it's something that you that you are maintaining through your focus. That's where I'm going with this. I got you. So I it has you. to have some longevity. Yeah, it has to have a shelf life. <laughs> and you're tending oh, to right. it on a regular basis, right? <laughs> So we have some Mm -hmm. things that we will get that tend to fall apart right away. And then we have these Mm -hmm. things that they may not even have the best construction or be made with the best materials. But when we are focusing on them and we are treating them with care, we're tending to them meticulously. Mm -hmm. They will last way longer than the average lifespan of that thing i've had computers i have have i've had laptop computers that i've had for a decade that still ran and still operated Mm -hmm. because i was every time i interact with that device i'm always holding it in appreciation i always appreciated Mm. that it worked for me i always you know i was always pouring some sort of love-based energy into it And it lasts okay. a long time, you know, and, and a okay. good example, I love when Abraham offers this up, you, you know, everybody has seen a house or a car, if left idle, that car will start to deteriorate, it'll start to rust out, it'll get so much dust in it, animals will move in and take up habitation and, you know, and start to mm-hmm. eat away at its components, um, whether it's a house or a car. And, and you might pass this thing and go, wow, that used to be a really beautiful house or car. And it's like, and now it's just, it's, I don't know, it, it might even be a hazard to walk in there. Is it even going to hold up, you know, because it just slowly deteriorates. It doesn't deteriorate because the wood is no good or the, the, you know, the steel on, starts to naturally break down. Right. That's not, that doesn't happen. But what does happen is attention is withdrawn from it because as long as those things were occupied and someone was saying, oh, I want to wipe down this seat. Oh, I want to clean this. Oh, I want to put some gas in or oil. I want to keep these components running. As long as someone is tending to it and they're therefore giving attention to it, it maintains And it can maintain brilliantly and beautifully. And we've seen buildings and homes. I was in Europe um, recently. Oh, I can't remember which. I'm sorry. It was hard. It was either in Spain or Italy. I can't remember which one. Anyway. This was before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was in 2019. And it was, we we were, um, I was on a tour and we went to this, um, we passed by this, it was a historical landmark, but it was a temple that was had been there since 1050 or 1030 or something AD. So <laughs> this building was over a thousand oh, years thousand old years. Okay, right. and still standing. <laughs> it was just like, right. whoa. But because there is constant held attention to it. Now, yes, there was some dilapidation that had, that had occurred, but not mm-hmm. nearly what it takes. I mean, we've seen houses disintegrate and, and cars disintegrate in weeks or months, you know, just a few short years, but for something to maintain structural integrity for over a thousand yeah. years, even yeah. with minor mm-hmm. maintenance, yeah. that's profound. Right. That's the power yeah. of attention. But we, we, we do that on a physical level. Absolutely. With your bodies, with, with, with everything. With, with negative yes. uh, self-defeating yes. statements about, you know, 
what we can, like we were talking about the previous discussion we had a week ago, you know, with what you can do or what you can't do or what you're limited to, you know, as far as options are concerned, you become attached to those negative statements that you make. You know, some people before, have you, I know I've encountered people where, you you know, every conversation before they say one positive thing <laughs> about whatever the topic is, they say three right, negative things. Right, right, You know, like, well, that probably won't work out or that, you know, but you know how that go. Now I'm always this and that, you know, but you know my luck and, you know, but uh, I don't know. It, it might, but I doubt it. You but, know you know, I mean? like, in each of those statements is, is mm-hmm. revealing a belief that is held. In order to make a statement like... Um, but you know, you're also saying, I expect you to go into agreement with <laughs> when you make a statement like, well, that's how it's always been. You're indicating mm-hmm. that I have decided I agree that this must be so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes right. reframing the phrase you're actually using to add a little more truth based belief, you know, um, perspective around it. Like I said, when yeah. I have a fear-based thought, um, like, oh, oh man, this is this is at risk. When especially like if something I'm I'm about, I'm trying to do is like, oh, this might not happen, and then I catch myself and go, wait a minute, why am I disrespecting myself in this way? I'm gonna get exactly right. what I need from this situation. I don't care what it looks like at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's right. a way of releasing right. attachment right. to the outcome that I feel like it has to come in mm-hmm. this particular way that I thought it had. It must be. And, a, and going into a, a receptive mode, you know, that's the other thing. People can talk about not wanting their circumstances all they want, but they're not willing to receive better or improvement often, you know, because right. they don't know what that looks like or what that feels like. And they, or they have an idea of what they think it should look like. And just an improvement could show up. A lifeline could occur. You know, you ever... tried to help someone and say um read this book or whatever one time I had somebody tell me well I don't need to um they just wanted me to help them fix their problem they don't want to read the book that was going to give them a new a new way of thinking about their problem and I was like oh wow okay so I need to get out of this whatever disagreement is like no thanks I don't want to help you just maintain you know, if you want to be there, you get to be there. You just don't get to have me participate because I that's not how I read this. You know, this book helped me shift my consciousness about this thing, and I no longer have that problem. <laughs> and that's why you're coming to Absolutely. me for help with this problem. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I because if you haven't mm-hmm. noticed, people, and I'm just listening to Nicole as she explains the 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 fact that that it really is a a, a deeply held belief a deep-seated belief that an individual has. Mm -hmm. I wonder, have you ever seen an individual or have you ever asked an individual what they believe and they verbalize a belief Mm -hmm. in a, and it doesn't matter what it's about, but they say, oh, I believe this. (laughs) And what they say they believe is Mm -hmm. antithetical to to how they What they demonstrate. Absolutely. I think people do it all the time. (laughs) You know, This is where I think we need to have have the because when you talk about Mm -hmm. attachment, see, I think there's a there's a there's a you ever rode a bike where the bike chain is slipping? Mm -hmm. 
Right. Okay. I feel like I feel like sometimes in 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 when we talk about subjects that are so beneficial to to mm-hmm. many, sometimes, and I'm not even talking about you and me. I'm talking about just communication Absolutely. across the board. I think a lot of times people have conversations and they assume that people are right. clear about what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. And to me. I've gotten on a bike where the chain is completely around yep. each little groove. And yet it's and soon yep. as you get the pedaling, yep. it mm-hmm. slips. Right? And 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 if you don't understand why it's slipping, yeah, how to get that not, right? not in the groove. In some groove. cases you may have mm-hmm. to take a link out. You know, uh, and you may mm. not know how to do that, but you may just want right. to ride the bike. And so you keep getting on there yes. efforting because you want to ride the bike like everyone else is riding a bike, but your chain yes. is too big for, yep. you know, your, 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 uh, I don't know what they call that. The, uh, the crank mm-hmm. crank shaft or yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually, a mechanic in that sense. I build, I build people for a living. In, in, uh, in the bike. <laughs> it's tended to a bike. <laughs> right. Indeed. Right. Right. So, 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 so I say that to, 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 to juxtapose the idea that when it comes to this idea of attachment, I don't think we, many of us believe, when, when, when you're talking about our deeply seated beliefs, mm-hmm. what we do believe, I actually agree with you that when it comes to the subconscious, there is a relationship between mm-hmm. that and our belief. No question. Mm-hmm. But my, my challenge, not in that part, but in helping others see how do they intercept or get, in, get down in there with, with this reasoning and this rationale when at the front end, they don't even reconcile that what they're saying they believe contradicts their behavior. Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. You feel the point? So, one of the methods that I think works well is when you are confronted with a, a, um, a belief that doesn't serve you, you're not having a good time. Matter of fact, that's you're usually in some sort of predicament (laughs) or situation where you are not feeling good. You're like having a bad moment of some sort. So, or you're triggered or someone says something to you, you know, again, it's a trigger event. I'll just call it a trigger event. You're having a trigger event that sends you off into this space that does not feel good. That's the perfect time to stop yourself, catch yourself in the act of, having this response and ask yourself, what is it about what just happened that needs to be true in order for my response to be valid? So in order for me to go to a fear-based place as a, as an appropriate, or as an appropriate response to whatever just happened, what needs to be true? So Case in point, if someone were to insult you, this is, and this is just the easiest example I can think of, or say you're having, you know, say you're having an interaction with a family member and um, you're triggered by something that this is a pattern that has always been in place. You know, it could be siblings, it could be a parent or a child. And when they do this, I feel like this. You know, and people know your buttons right. to push, right? <laughs> so it could be mm-hmm. a, a spouse or partner. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that moment of feeling triggered and, fe- and thereby feeling bad about what they just did or said, 
and going into your normal response mode. You can stop yourself before you respond or even after you respond, examine it later. It goes, wow, in order for me to want to lash out in the way that I did in response to what they said, or for me to go soak in the corner or do whatever, why do I feel like, what, in, what is it that I'm afraid is true about this situation? Because the only time an insult or attack from someone, um, I won't say an attack because that could be physical, but anytime an insult, like usually verbal, anytime a verbal or emotional attack from someone bothers us is if we are afraid it must be true on some level. Or we know mm-hmm. that they need to have something be true in order for this to be the case. And I don't feel like I can influence that outcome. And, and if you can answer, if you can stop yourself and ask yourself that question and answer, you know, and like I said, I, I just used a very simple example of like my kids when they were, they were like little, they were kids. They were little, they were like three or four running around, you know, mm-hmm. they could, they were talking all the time and making jokes and stuff. And one of them might call the other one stupid and he would be upset. And I would be like, well, did you, did you think that was true? Because that's why you would be freaking out and coming to me saying, mom, you called me this. (laughs) And not only, you know, of course I would have to go and address, Hey, why do you need to call your brother stupid? Cause now I'm concerned about your (laughs) self esteem and <laughs> like, look here, stupid. Why you need to call somebody else stupid? I wouldn't call him that, but if you, if you have a need to <laughs> no, call know, somebody stupid, that's a different kind of problem. Yeah. We need to address that too, you know. So, yeah. but, um, you know, if if you know you're, if you are secure with self, if you know who you are, when someone threatens that or mm-hmm. or tries to call you something beyond that, you're not you're more concerned about why they need to do it than you are about well I don't feel like that that's not true for me so I have no reason to respond adversely to this you know because I've had people try to call me you know say things oh you're you're um I don't even remember one of you know I know someone who's a bully it's funny because she she just wanted to believe so bad that I just wasn't concerned about anything or I didn't you know I just didn't care. And I'm like, having mm-hmm. no attachment to what other people are doing and the reasons other people do it is very different than not caring. You know, I, 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 I love everybody, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm going to accept any kind of behavior from everybody, <laughs> you know, like, um, right. so, and right. because I'm not going into agreement with everything that comes out of other people's mouths, their judgments about me, it's, it's like, I have no reason to go into agreement with that. I know who I am, I, but it's clear to me that you're not right. seeing sure. who I really am. And that's a different discussion. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and I have no need for you to know who I am if you can't what? see it already, because clearly we're not in alignment enough for that to be in, in, you know, for that to be in your awareness in the way that I typically right. experience it with mm. people who see me just fine. So you know, you have to really, it's about self, it's about self-introspection. If you cannot introspect, if you cannot self-examine, if you cannot, um, if you're not interested in that, 
it's going to be difficult to shift because you have to be willing to tell mm-hmm. yourself the truth about yourself and face that and, mm-hmm. and uh, make adjustments, you know. It's a fact, cuz. And I'm so glad we took the time to do that because for me, until we all are clear that we got to do this type of reflective work so that we can examine um, whether or not we're living contrasting mm-hmm. lives, right? I think it's evident from, for, for, you know, for many of us, especially once we become more sensitive and aware of, of how we're moving. For me, for, for example, when I started to make the adjustments, you know, change is not comfortable for anyone, especially when you think you got the answers mm-hmm. that you see, that you need. But what I love is, you know, I'm courageous enough to, one, admit and honest enough to admit that what Mm -hmm. I had was not enough. Who I am is Mm -hmm. enough. I am enough. I don't want to give any indication that I'm saying that I was, you know, depraved in that sense. But I'm saying that uh, what I had as far as information, as far as Mm -hmm. revelation, as far as knowing how to. You know, um, I wasn't really clear. And a lot of those little uh, nuances was so beneficial through this association because it was through our communication. Mm-hmm. For example, because you did something that I thought um, I, I want to raise uh, uh, attention to because I'm convinced until people understand, even in the area of communication, mm-hmm. what you just did. Right. They right. won't do it. Right. You said. What you just did there, when you started off your illustration, you said, if someone does something, and then you said, what you just did there, I, when you did that, I mm-hmm. felt this way. Well, what you did not say was, right. you made me feel this I way. took responsibility for how I <laughs> right? responded. You took, that's because your premise yes. is you create your own life, your mm-hmm. own reality. And so I want those who continue to habitually say out of their mouths, you right. made me feel like this. You, you did this to You me. made me, yep. you, you know, as long as you see outside of yourself as the cause for whatever your disposition is, you're missing the point. You're missing your power. You're not really walking in mod- and, and, and uh, uh, I guess, mindful of your mm-hmm. power, the power that you really possess. And when you said that, that was to me at the beginning of your entire mm-hmm. piece you just offered. But I think individuals who are listening to you sometimes, and it wasn't until I took a class, I was in my second mm-hmm. time at college, <laughs> second one of my second attempts at getting a degree. Uh, when I went back, I remember taking in, uh, a class on interpersonal communication, and that was an exercise. And it was one of the most challenging exercises that the entire class found ourselves going through because just trying to redirect Mm -hmm. yourself and say that when something happens to you, because too many of us, when things happen, we see them as happening to us and we, we want to, you know, point the finger and blame someone else for Mm -hmm. it happening to us. We don't own our own thing. And so when you started the entire conversation by saying how you felt when something else happened, now there are external right. things that happen all the time, but you you made it clear that you had the power to choose to feel about yes. the thing the way you yes. chose to feel about it. Um, and that's a big deal um, because we are having that 
relationship with everything. It's causing yeah. us to that's feel X and then we do Y. And that's, that's your garbage. It's not the other person's that's garbage. I love Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, Mastery of Love, yep. ooh, 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 chapter five, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> or actually chapter four. <laughs> page, page. <laughs> I think it's chapter four, um, Love versus Fear, understanding what fear okay. is. And when you are, we're all reacting to everything all the time, but I don't just react. I actually create all the time because when you're reacting it's like you're hitting a replay button on whatever you're used to doing when someone says this I'm supposed when someone you know calls you fat I'm supposed to feel angry and it's like you don't even have to care you know you can choose all these other things there's a whole range of human emotion available for you to choose to have in response to that and you know, and that's also um, in seven spiritual laws of success. Oh, it's, I mean, it's just so brilliant when we were talking about detachment. Um, and it's, you yeah. know, it's an important distinction to make. You are creating your response. Even if you're having a response you've always had, you're replaying that response. You're still yep. creating it new in that's that moment. Right. So you're refreshing the that's experience. Right. And if, you, if, that's, if that's the script that's you right. intend to run, the universe must continue to deliver you catalysts to trigger that script. That script. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was on the computer the other day, and I shut and I went to restart because mm-hmm. it was moving real slow, or whatever. I had a bunch of windows open and whatnot, and doing a bunch of things on there. And when I went to restart it, it came back up. And when it came back up, it actually wanted yes. to restore the pages. <laughs> I, no, I used no. to always I'm say like, yes, no, we yes, do yes. I intentionally yep. the other day realized what I was doing. And Isn't said, that no. amazing, right? I'm no. in a new place. I have a new, right, so, you know, I have a new purpose right now, right? There you go. A new intention. There you go. And I and so I just wanted it's to perfect. give that as an example of how you can change. You can you can yeah. not restore those things. You can have those exactly. things not restored. You want a fresh session tomorrow exactly. today if you don't want. <laughs> But no, you want to, you want to hold on and pun it. Right. You want right, to resurrect. Right. Exactly. Uh huh. You want to resurrect them same pages over and over and yes. over again. And you're going to continue to have the life that yes. you've always had. And I, I want to read this real quick mm-hmm. from um, Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And this is from the chapter on. Okay. Um, the law of karma or cause and effect. You and I are essentially infinite choice makers. In every moment of our existence, we are in that field of all possibilities where we have access to an infinity of choices. Some of these choices are made consciously while others are made unconsciously. But the best way to understand and maximize the use of karmic law is to become consciously aware of the choices we make in every moment. Whether you like it or not, everything that is happening at this moment is a result of the choices you've made in the past. Unfortunately, a lot of us make, unconscious, make choices unconsciously, and therefore we don't think they are choices. And yet, they are. 
That's so good. <laughs> I just had a discussion uh, a few days ago with a partner of mine who uh, I was explaining that every, like, our lives take on a trajectory based on the decisions mm-hmm. that we make, you know, mm-hmm. from moment to moment. And I was explaining how imagine yourself walking, but they're just like a, a, a what is it called? Not a compass. What's the, uh, mm-hmm. a protractor. Oh, okay. You know, in the protractor, you have a point, but that point you can, you can, uh, uh, derivate off into any of a million different angles, you know, from that one point right, on that right. radius. That pivot I mean? point. That point is that yes. is that point to pivot? Yes, yeah. indeed. That's so, what I was thinking you were talking about. Okay. So you know, as we're going, what we perceive as forward, every choice we make, we slightly veer off into yes. a different angle, and from moment yeah. to moment, you know what I mean, and so. Everything is multiple choice. We always think we have to do a certain thing, but that again becomes like attachment to mm-hmm. a certain premise. Oh, well, right. that's, you know, we have to continue to do this, but it's like, no, you have an infinite number of yes. choices. That's like right. Nicole that's just right. said, and every choice that you make leads you yes. to another choice. Right. And another right. choice and another choice and another choice. So if in that, in that vein, if you think that decisions that you make or changing habits even it is so difficult to do, then mm. you tear it down. You just make yes. the next choice and you know a better choice. And then make that choice a better choice. What you choice, just you know said just made me think mm-hmm. of why people often continue to make choices that they don't even agree with consciously is because they may be holding to other people who have expectation that they're going to continue to make that choice. And that too, you know, oh, that too is a choice. <laughs> well, this, is what, this is what my family, this is what my yep. mom expects me to do. This is what my family expects me to do. This is what, you know, right. and it's like, whoa, that's, right. that's, that's the, I mean, ugh, it's such an, a, a disempowered perspective because the one thing that's always true is no matter what choice you make, no matter how final it seems, if you still have breath in your body, you can always make a new choice. Right. Even about the thing right. that you have completely lived out catastrophically, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and I want to offer this one up. This is um, also from the same book, The uh, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And this is from my favorite chapter, The Law of Detachment, chapter six. Right. It says, Attachment is based on fear and insecurity. And the need for security is based on not knowing the true self. The source of wealth, of abundance, or of anything in the physical world is the self. It is the consciousness that knows how to fulfill every need. Yeah. I love wow. that. Okay. I thought that was, thought that was elaboration mm-hmm. coming with that, but okay. Elaboration. You thought that was what, cuz? I said oh. thought there was elaboration coming no, with I mean, that, I but I like, okay. I mean, no, no. I mean, it just you dropped it. Like, you yeah. Know, well, here, let me. I can't explain. You know, I did right, highlight right. another area that goes into a little more detail. It says attachment comes from poverty consciousness because attachment is always mm-hmm. to symbols. Detachment is synonymous with wealth consciousness because with detachment there is freedom to create. 
only from detachment and um, our, I'm sorry, only from detached involvement can one have joy and laughter. Then the symbols of wealth are created spontaneously and effortlessly. Without detachment, we are prisoners of helplessness, hopelessness, mundane needs, trivial concerns, quiet desperation, and seriousness. The distinction features of everyday mediocre existence and poverty consciousness. Um, true wealth consciousness is the ability to have anything you want, anytime you want, and with least effort. And I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, those who seek security chase it for a lifetime without ever finding it. And the search for yeah. security is an yeah. illusion. You yeah, are your best guarantor <laughs> of your yes, indeed. security. Mm -hmm. You know? Indeed. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no though. doubt, I, you know, you see people who who live their lives chasing this elusive. Um, <laughs> well, once I get secure, I can, you know, start to, you know, I can, I feel better. I can operate in security. You gotta and be like, secure. Yeah, that's an illusion, right? Like that's an illusion. You know, if, if you don't believe you had a capacity to have everything you need at any given moment, you know, somebody else. Basically, security is, from what I've seen, is the belief that someone else. You know what I mean? Agrees with what you, you know what I mean? Goes into agreement with that. Oh, I got yeah, this great how, job. So I think that's how we I'm have good. defined it. Um, or how we've conditioned, mm -hmm. how we're conditioned to define it. But I also know that I'm my, yeah. I'm my greatest security because I can always count on me. I know what mm -hmm. I'm capable of. I know my, I am, I have mm -hmm. all the confidence in the world of my ability to create. I have seen how I've changed my life again and again and again. And how I constantly mm -hmm. um, expanded, you know, what's possible in my own experience. And I take that with me no matter right. what situation I'm walking away from. Absolutely. That is the one thing that you take with Absolutely. you everywhere you go. <laughs> you. <laughs> but you have to understand that you have to be that before you can have being this precedes experience. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I think that was that was a good one. That was... <laughs> I definitely believe that was a good one. I, no I think doubt. I think I think I think these types of topics though are gonna probably need oh, to be absolutely. revisited because absolutely. there's so much that they bubble up, you know, in so many other areas. Like Cuz started hitting the security yep. thing, and you talked about with other relations. So, man, great yeah. stuff today, guys. Uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm a little jazzed after this All one, right. too. <laughs> I, I love it, but I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> I'm get my day. let's go see what we can create. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? I'm right? To let that go. Too. Hey, clean out your closet. <laughs> looking around me right now. What can I, what can I let go? The best act now. you can take in, a, in um, releasing attachment is to get rid of some old stuff that no longer serves you. And everybody has that, right. whether it's right. a chip dish Absolutely. or a t-shirt with holes in it. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. 
Cassette if that tapes. energy come on, get rid out of them cassette so tapes, more can come in. <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> That's right. Awesome. That's right. All right. No doubt. And with that, we are going to be out for today. Thank yeah. you. Wow, we reached the end of another episode of the Cool Ass Conversations podcast. Where does the time go? Well, on behalf of myself, Ashwin Nicole, and Johnny Holmes II, a.k.a. Apostle, we'd like to thank you, and we appreciate you taking the time out to listen. Please subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram at Cool Ass Conversations. So, until the next time, stay cool.